Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Is he supposed to say something? We, we got word of this uh, decision from Michigan uh, earlier today. Uh, got the information out to our players. And um, a major league camp, and doing all day with the logistics of trying to, trying to help players with the transition in an uncertain time. Um, it's, uh, we don't have final words yet on the players, but it's 15. That for now, um, a number of players from Major League Camp are interested in sticking around and using the facilities um, for wagering uh, activities and some light baseball activities. Um, we will not have any team activities. We will keep the facility open and have a, a, a reduced amount of staff there to help facilitate that. Um, we'll work to manage the numbers so that there's not uh, too many players. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, they suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done. Founding members of the WB Club. Wake and say hello. Where's Toby? You find this tank. The three words that describe this show, and I quote Stink, stank, stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Saturday suckage indeed. God, this is awful, even for us. All right. Coming in, you heard what? I couldn't even hear it. 
<laughs> Who was it? Was it? Theo talking about the? Corona. Oh, I thought it was Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure either. So that's it. So it's um, CV nineteen. We suck, so your self quarantine doesn't have to. That's what we do around here on Saturday Suckage. He's Mark Grody, as you heard from the new intro that sort of was played, sort of understood. Thank you very much, Zach. And Russ Matera. Does Russ want his name mentioned with that? Or does he not want any blame? Is he trying to <laughs> is he trying to be like all Trump of like I had nothing to do? I take no responsibility for that. So which is it? Uh I think he'll he doesn't mind taking part ownership of that aspect. The open You're speaking with the audio, for him that now? Him. Yeah. Okay. Zach, when you get a chance, can you please <laughs> get his reads? Um no, the reads and uh more importantly, probably eventually I'm gonna need a fresh mic muff. A mic muff. I did not see if we have any corona free mic muffs. Yeah, I mean if if it's one of the spit ridden ones that smells like bad breath, I'll just I'll go with a grabber's locker. Honestly, I'll go without. Like if this sounds okay, if this mic I'm on sounds okay. Yeah, don't don't get the one that one's crispy. Um, yeah, no, there are some Mike Muffs that smell like bad breath, but I forget somehow, some way I forgot to, to bring mine, mine in. Um, and one of the other, uh, you know, simple little, uh, lifestyle changes that one is going to have to make. I just realized in making my dash to a Michigan and Lake Starbucks that, uh, you, you are, and maybe you know this too. I see a Starbucks bag over there. You are not allowed to put your own cream and sugar in the coffee anymore, which makes complete sense. It's just like small things that you, you don't even think I about. I did this morning. Really? I, I took my sugar in the raw because I don't like their, um, their saccharine alternatives. I don't like, I'm a sweet and low guy. I don't like equal. And now so many Starbucks have switched over to equal only. It's still pink, but it's not sweet and low. So I used the sugar in the raw, and I ripped open my four packages and put it in, and I put my half and half in. So what kind of what kind of situation were you in? You have to do it like tell them what you want, and yeah. they stir it in for you? Exactly, which I think is actually a pretty wise idea. Now, guy like me, I'm just black coffee, so I don't need it. But uh, they did ask me, would you like cream or sugar in your coffee today, sir? Because as you will notice that there is no cream or sugar over on the stand today as we are being extra did cautious. Not know, it has not reached the burbs. Okay. Maybe that's an urban city thing. A is, city. Maybe you people are dirtier than us. We know, Maybe you're more disease-ridden. We are ahead of the I curve. had not seen that, though. That's kind of that's always prevented me from going through drive-ins or drive-throughs because I can't tell them, all right, I'd like some cream, but I'd like it a... Sort of a lighter, a, a darker pale of beige. I know. I understand. People want their not coffee. a whiter shade of pale, but a darker <laughs> pale of shade. No, there's like the people that I've that are very particular that put their sugar and maybe a little cinnamon and nutmeg, and then they do the little sip. Right. They do a little sip. You probably do a little sip just to make sure it tastes right. I think my mom does that. Just a little sip. Just okay. Maybe Jean, that's a Jean. That's a Jean. Jean Jean's a Splenda girl. Yes, Jean likes uh, likes her a half a pack of Splenda, and then she folds the the rest of it up nicely, saves it, and saves it for the next time. Does Jean steal from Starbucks and take the Splenda home with her? Mm, that doesn't sound like My mom something. used to do that. My Jean, mom would take the sweet and low from restaurants, and <laughs> suddenly it it appeared. It materialized on the, the kitchen table. 
As you may have been able to tell through the years, Steve, of you and I working together and my stories of my mother, my mom's a rule follower. So, no, that doesn't sound like a – I'm okay. sure she has, but Good. that doesn't Good sound ethics. like a, a scheme that Gene Grody would try to to, uh, to live to, adhere to. Wow, I did not know. So is that a – that was the first you'd experienced of them – Putting in the cream and sugar, and you have no say in this whole thing. Yeah, I think that was my first trip to a Starbucks since all of this. Like, I've cut down on my going to the Starbucks to get the Starbucks. Like, I, I now make coffee in my abode. But, uh, so yeah, this is the first time, and it made sense. Didn't throw me off. But I was like, okay, this is just one of those little day-to-day things that has had to have changed because of this, this present situation um, in which we live, where toilet paper is at a premium. And you can't I don't put your own get, I don't get that. Like, literally I, now explain I understand. It to me. Having read up on it, now I understand. Tell Psycholo- me. Psychologists are saying, because this isn't a diarrhea-based affliction. Cha-cha-cha. It is simply the, the, per- the panic purchasing diarrhea. and toilet paper. If you are thinking that far ahead, you need toilet paper for 14 days. That's what they're saying. As if you have no friends who would drop you off toilet paper. But the idea is that you are panic purchasing because you can do nothing else about it. This is not like the flu where there is a vaccine or a cure. This is not like the common cold where you just wait it out and you can mitigate it in different ways. This is something for which our country has been sadly behind where where you've had politicians lying about the pandemic, where you have had you've put a lot of selfish politicians in a position to to put American lives in jeopardy. So without a cure, without a vaccine, without a way to mitigate it, the one thing you can control is what you buy. And that's what psychologists are saying hmm. that this is that's where the toilet paper thing comes in. Is there comfort in that? Like I like well, to me, it's it's weird that you, that's the last line of defense. The toilet paper, like not beans, not noodles, not well, pasta uh-huh. is off the shelves. Trust me on that. It's like toilet paper is ground zero comfort for people. Like I, I still like I hear what you're saying. I still can't quite get on board with it. And it's not the worst thing in the world because okay, if we're a little bit more. Um, hygiene focused. That's all right. Right. Might be maybe sure. maybe a, a feel lasting, comfortable wiping. You know what? The, the, I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will um, with minimal damage. That um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands and <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, and apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. Remember, wipe your hand. There are different ways to do this, but I, I did not want to miss this. Kyle Long had the same curiosity you did. He tweeted this out. Why is everyone getting toilet paper? Are you wiping your nose with this stuff? Are you taking a lot of stress or nervous poops? Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. That, it could be that, and too. You, and you're listening. You, you know, because you, this is like... This is like people who talk about other bad drivers. Like, you know, look at your, look in the mirror. You you might be the bad driver. You might be the one cleaning the uh-huh. taking the uh, the sixteen packs off the shelf at your at my Bockwinkles. Let's get personal here, okay? At your Bockwinkles, I go to a Bockwinkles, okay? And it's usually not the most used grocery store. Like, it's kind of a hidden place. It's a great grocery store. Well, you just exposed it. I because know. Because all of Saturday Suckage Nation now knows. Well, and they are terrific, but everybody jumped on the bandwagon, and everybody's there cleaning out the shelves of my poor store. So, 
That's it. Cheers. Okay. Uh, again, there's words of advice. And there's different ways to do this. Uh, Celtic Center Annis Cantor was tweeting out, which is really pretty much a, a Texas style, a southwestern United States style of COVID-19 advice. Watch, wash your hands like you just got done slicing jalapenos for a batch of nachos and you need to take your contacts out. <laughs> that's good. So that's, that's, that's a good. good thing. Yeah, that's a good way to go about it. That's good. Uh, most people will tell you, sing happy birthday twice to when, when you're washing your hands, just to be sure. Or if you've come across someone's skeevy, sing Inagata de Vida, just to make sure. Okay. So, so go that route. Take your time. Um, we have... Free bird. We have, uh, we'll, we'll bring up some good news and some bad news about this, this whole thing in regard, in and out of sports. Um, and, but in the meantime, I'll give you our guest list. At 1140, we'll talk with Will Purdue. Now, this is a Grody-driven thing, and thank God for Mark Grody. Uh, there's an anniversary next week. We'll tell you about it later. And Will Purdue was, was part of it. He will give us stories, and it is a... It is a, it's central to an entire generation, I would say. Um, not central to an entire generation will be David Schuster here at noon, but he did see a movie. So a man who's unafraid to go into the United Center with the 20,000 people there, he's not afraid to go into a movie theater. We'll talk to him about that and the whole bull situation. What do you think he, I would like to ask him about Corona? Do we get full David Schuster? Coronavirus? Yeah. Is he gonna? Is he gonna give us the? Who cares? Doesn't matter. Just wash your hands. Or... Sure. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll play him back to back. Hey, who's that over there? And What's... and one o'clock, we'll have Eli Hurd. I can't see. It's I'm blocked. It's George Hoffman. Oh, oh. What about the bullpen? That's great. The, the um, <clears throat> all news ferret is here. Eli Hershkovich is going to be here at 1 o'clock I, I need because he's got all the time in the world. Yeah, we want to check. It's a, it's a wellness check is what this is. It is. It's a wellness check. And he I left all- a year ago yeah. to pursue this wonderful radio world of sports. George, betting. we don't have any sports, okay? How come people around here don't leash their pets? And this is what happens in the studio. George Hoffman from WBBM has just wandered. Are you, are you trolling for tape? Is that what you're doing right now? What's going on, Georgie? First of all, I'm really happy to be here for the moment. And second of all, you weren't invited. this show really does suck. You weren't invited. Now more than ever before. Well, <laughs> you've certainly ensured that. <laughs> Thank you very much. You know, what the, I, you know what I like about what's happening right now with George Hoffman? Old school Georgie. You got the mustache back. Oh, I just put it on this morning. It comes <laughs> off at midnight. <laughs> what went into that, George? A lot of paint. A lot of paint. Okay. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah. Great. I feel yeah. more comfortable. This is comfort. By the way, right what here. are we going to be talking about now for the next six to eight weeks? Uh, we only have to worry about the next three hours <laughs> as we're taking you up to Haircut 100 singing. You, 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 you have a harder job, actually, George, because, I mean, like, I get, like, there's still lots of little bits of news news in sports. But we what happens, like, next Wednesday? We were Wednesday? considering talking about this show, but then again, yeah, that, well, that would leave with with nothing. Please do. Yeah. There'll be stuff coming up, NBA or NHL free, NFL free agency. Somebody's got free agency. And we are, um, we're going to take a break because George has just uh, infected the airwaves here. <laughs> so we're going to sanitize the studio. And then Grody's going to come back with a, a rant that yeah. I would probably be proud of. I'm looking forward to 
to hearing that and saying that's my boy. George makes me feel comfortable. This is comfort food. You have made like whatever fears I had walking in today, not being able to put my own cream and sugar in the coffee because it's all separate now because of what's going. I now feel comfortable. The new because, normal for because you because George was here. Do I have to clean myself off now that I've seen him? Yes, you have to. Right. Zach will that's bathe good. you on the way. He'll hose you down. George is the reason that when you wash your hands, you sing Inagata Devita. All right, he's Mark Grody. There goes George Hoffman. Thankfully. Uh, we will take a break. Saturday suckage. And we have some WB Club news because Mark Rohde has uh, now introduced hallucinogenic thoughts into the WB Club. And we'll come back with uh, Grody's got a thing. He's got a word for baseball. He's giving you a piece of their mind. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome and welcome back. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score Saturday suckage. Like it ought to be. Like it used to be. He's Mark Rohde. I'm Steve Rosenblum. There's Zach Withers. We suck, so your self-quarantining doesn't have to. And we tried to suck, but baseball is going to beat us to it. Baseball shut down. Everything is shut down. In fact, everything is shut down so much because of COVID-19. It's understandable. If you watch SportsCenter last night, they were showing highlights from one of the few things that wasn't shut down, which was Nebraska State High School basketball playoffs. They did. There's Linda Cohn describing highlights of Nebraska high school basketball playoffs. Everybody's got to have a plan. So, movie. Speaking of a plan, baseball and Scott Reifert of the White Sox said their plans are for a 162 game schedule whenever they play it. So, happy Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll have a World Series champion. And I know this doesn't sit well with you. 162 games. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's From- it, 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 it is possible. It is possible, and maybe even probable. That baseball will not start until the month of June. The June, month of, you say? Of June. Sure. So when we talk about this concept of a 162 game schedule, that is nothing but total and complete greed from the people that might be thinking that that should still happen, and that would be owners and baseball teams themselves, like the front offices. Um, baseball, Steve, I think right now we can all agree is is desperate. 
to be more interesting. It's an interesting sport. I like it. You like it. Lots of people like baseball, but everybody is trying to figure out ways year after year to make it more interesting. You have the, the new bullpen rule this year where you got to face three batters. But, which is stupid. Fine. Fine. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of stupid I understand ideas. what they're trying. Baseball is confusing length of time, length of game, and pace of play. Right. And, and baseball is doing the wrong things. Go on. More you know, different postseason ideas. You name it. We have come up with creative ideas. Things have been thrown out there. Things have been ratified. Things have happened. Things have not happened. Some good ideas, some bad ideas. But I think we can all agree that baseball is desperate to um, maintain a younger or to acquire a younger audience and maintain the audience that it already has because it is no longer America's pastime because that belongs to the, the NFL and the NBA is quickly catching up as well. Or maybe it's past it. I don't even know. I don't know what the rankings the are. The NBA has assumed a cultural mantle Amen. in America. Yes. And that is an attractive thing to the audience Major League Baseball wants. And you're right. The NFL as a sport, fits neatly into a three-hour package. You can bet on it very easily. That has stolen baseball's mantle as the national pastime. Even before this, I was saying 162 games is obnoxious. It is too long. It is too many games. I'm not saying you got to be crazy and, and cut it down to 82 games like the reasonable NHL and NBA, but cut, cut 40 games off here, cut 50 games off there. And here, here's part of why. Um, it, it would definitely mitigate the length of game thing. Like people just, I think naturally wouldn't bitch about that as much if you saw the end game a little bit sooner. If that's not enough for you, one of the things that annoys me most about baseball and and the way we try to cover it, especially in in sports radio, because we're every day and we're breaking down every single game and we're talking about it like every single Jim Boylan timeout. Right, 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 right. And let's just talk about baseball, like game seven. You almost if, went Lou there. That would have been a good Lou moment. It, 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 it doesn't matter. You, you put a mask on and, and, and you walk around and, and that's all you need to do. Protect yourself. Margarita. Get yourself some dial support margarita on it. Um, so back to it. One of the things that we are constantly told in, let's just say, breaking down Game 8 of the Major League Baseball season, season Steve Ciszek uh, just uh, gave up three runs in the, in the sixth inning for the White Sox. And um, Louis Robert struck out three times. And then we're making uh, judgments on this. And then quickly there are those there to, well, actually us and quell us and say, Baseball really doesn't matter until mid-May anyway. Or what? What's the? What is the landmark that everybody says? Thirty games in? No, forty-five. Forty-five. In. Memorial, Memorial Day. You have an idea what your team has and what it needs. That's, right. That's a. That's a land. The, the holidays basically. It's you basically look at Memorial Day, the Fourth of July, yeah. which used to be the All Star All Star break, and the because it used to be if you were on first in first place on the Fourth of July, you were going to win. And then Labor Day. So those games are all riffraff, basically. The early games don't matter. You're still assembling things. You're still trying things. There are things that are going to happen in your team uh, now that will not happen at the end of the season. Joe Madden, that's one of what, one of his successful things was yep. that there were so many things that he would do in the first 30 games of the year that he didn't come close to doing in the final 30 games of the year. That when it came to winning time, he did it differently. And that's what made him successful, Joe Madden, in August. So in other words... Already, we are told that those games, in essence, don't matter. So why having 162 games to begin with? That's, that's an, it's, it's kind of insane. 
And then now, if the season starts in in June, let's, let's even back it up a little bit, May, and you're going to try to cram in 162 games and tell the audience to be interested in a bunch of double headers when baseball fans won't even sit through a three hour baseball game. So, and and I know people are going to say like, and, and when I tweeted some of this out last night, the number one overriding answer was never going to happen. It's about the money. It is. There's no question. Number one rule in life, follow the money. Nobody's shortening the season. People will still be ridiculously filthy rich in baseball. Baseball will still be a billion-dollar industry. Be too rich, too thin, or have too much chocolate. <laughs> Wouldn't this be an opportunity for the commissioner, Rob Manfred, to show some uh, some onions no, and, and stand up to the owners and... Um, acquiesce to the fans a little bit, and may, may, I don't know. Maybe I'm off. May, maybe fans don't. Maybe fans love the arduous 162 game schedule. But I think it's time for Manfred to do something to to protect his image and to and to do something good for the game. The last guy who stood up to the owners got fired. Who was that? Bart uh, um, Faye Vincent. The last guy who stood up for the fans got fired, and you ended up with Bud Selig. Well, then it's up to they the fans. They don't want the owners. Don't want anybody. You know what? What, what about this? Because one of the things, making it more interesting, and I don't know that this works at all, and I and nothing, I don't expect anything to change, but baseball often should have pulled from the minor leagues, and this would be an opportunity to do that, to change things dramatically, and maybe they would get more TV money. Because if, you're, if te- individual teams are going to be missing the gates the way they are now by not playing 162 games, you've got to make it up somewhere. Split seasons. So you have a midseason champion, and you and instead of your wild card down to the end, you have you have midseason champions. They did this in '81 when the when the strike happened. So they had they played two halves, and then you had two teams playing in the playoffs at the end of the year, and the winner of the first half and the second half, much of the way it happens in the minor leagues, would go to the World Series. They would win their leagues, and that would be that would shorten season mm-hmm. that okay. would add so you're if you had a bad 80 games okay well you got a new shot at another 80 games in which you could win so you're not screwed for the entire 162 games hmm. i like it it's just it's different. creative i don't think they'll change so, some people have talked about the fact that all the sports are being shut down and as the nhl says everything's on the table but how they're going to play they hope to award the stanley cup same as the nba hopes to play its finals. Maybe they cut out the last six, seven games of the season, however it's going to go. NHL players will get the last three weeks of their paychecks, the league announced. And I have something um, to talk about the money and the people who work in the buildings in a moment. But they say everything's on the table. Nothing changes unless they it it is an idea that gets them more money. The owners will never change like what you're talking about, 162-game season, you're right. We could go to 100 games. That'd be fine. That'd be great. Okay, maybe maybe go back to 140, play 70-game first half, second half. But those home games they're missing, what are you going to do? And the games that are nationally televised that they're missing as part of the games you've just cut from 162 to 140, even if you put extra playoff games in however you're going to do that, they're missing money. And understand, these some of these guys are under the competitive balance tax so much that they, they're just pocketing all the cash they get as part of the competitive balance tax. Yeah, and, and I should be clear, too, the you know background on where I am coming at this from is I, I am 
you know, baseball, like we all have our first love of sports or what really got us into sports. For me, it was no doubt about it. Baseball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I come from the generation of, yes, I can sit down and watch yeah. a three-hour ball game that I can watch from pregame to game to postgame and enjoy the hell out of it. And I can still do it. And I did it obsessively as a kid. So I am of that generation, of the older generation. But I want my sport to continue to be relevant and to be better and to to quell the greediness that that exists and let the, let the owners know that they're still going to be billionaires, still going to work out. And if you really want your sport to be Taking more interesting, less money now is not part of their deal. But then they then they don't want their sport. Then they don't really want their sport to be more interesting. And if your sport is more interesting, then you'd be more profitable anyway, wouldn't you? Can't I mean? Wouldn't that make sense? Sports more uh, interesting. I don't know. That's, make more money. Part of that is a risk. And they're risk averse. Shorten the season. They want the money. They want the guaranteed money. You can always go back. You shorten your season. No. The season's more interesting. Less money. More people watching. That's a guess. More dollars for advertising. That's a guess. You're just guessing. But but you can go back. Couldn't you? You're just guessing. You would have thought the Cubs' idea of a network would have made money. And the Cubs were too stupid to have a deal with Comcast before they even planned the network. Boy, they're getting a little pass now for that, huh? No, they're not. I just mentioned it. They're too stupid to have a deal with Comcast <laughs> before they even went ahead with it. If you can't get you half the it, yeah. if you can't get half the coverage area guaranteed, that that the biggest one, if you can't strike that deal, why are you going ahead with this? Maybe it's arrogance, maybe it's stupidity. I don't know. It's a bad deal. So you're dealing with a bunch of owners who are going to make their own decisions. Sometimes they think they're bulletproof. Sometimes they're not. But it's all about the money. If your sport is more interesting, if more eyeballs are on it, you could charge more for advertising. More people will come to your games, not just at Wrigley Field where they pack the park every day, maybe around Major League Baseball, and you would make more money in 100 games as opposed to 162 games. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Keynesian economics. Uh-huh. All right. This note about um, – and, you know, when you want – Updates on COVID-19 and how it affects the country, you go to TMZ. Two of the top strip clubs in the country are doing their parts to protect the public from COVID-19. And it sure beats the hell out of schlepping to Costco, according to TMZ. The world-famous Little Darlings in Las Vegas just announced a massive giveaway. 50,000 bottles of free hand sanitizer, one for each paying customer while supplies last. Across the country in Tampa, Deja View Deja View Showgirls is giving away free face masks to the first 10,000 paying customers. So there you go. You're not going to have to worry about panic shelves. You can just go. I would skip the buffet if you're going to these places. <laughs> skip all buffets. But, but a strip joint that's offering free hand sanitizer, that's more than you can get at Costco or Trader Joe's or Kroger's or the Jewel's. What is what is Jean Grody doing with what she is she sending Gary to the Jewels? Gary, for I don't think it's a good idea to go to Jewels right now. We're we're in that area. We're both a little <laughs> bit older now. Um, we have plenty of toilet paper in the basement. I'll ask Mark or Paul or Brian to come over. And by the way, yeah, that's what we as as Jean and Gary's sons. We are no longer sons. You realize we are workers. When when we any of us goes to Itasca to visit Jean and Gary. You could always hear Gary saying, Gene, the workers are here. The workers are here. What do we need done? Putting the task in Itasca. Yes, the task in Itasca. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will bring in a guest who will 
reminisce with us. A anniversary, an anniversary that is coming up next week will be noted, and it is uh, major, it is big, and this person was right there, and we'll talk about it with him. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Rohde. Saturday Suckage. We suck so your self-quarantining doesn't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Michael Jordan was pegged for the Chicago White Sox Double A Club in Nashville, but he refused to challenge the baseball union, and Jordan left camp last week. Then he asked that his equipment be sent up to Chicago today where Jordan, the former three-time MVP, has been practicing for the last couple of days with his old Bulls club. I got three words. Thank you, baseball. Outstanding. 25 years ago, what day, Mark Rohde? That would be Wednesday. March 18th is the 25th anniversary of Michael Jordan's famous facts. I'm back as he returned from his baseball attempt. It was a uh, statement released by his agent, David Falk, and that's a name that a lot of people remember as his super agent back then, 1995, the year of the MLB strike, the NHL lockout, the O.J. Simpson trial, and then all of a sudden Michael Jordan announced that he was back. And I would argue, I don't even know if I need to argue this, a, a top five Chicago sports moment of all time. I, I would say so. And the voice you heard at the end is our next guest who who uttered the three famous words. Thank you, baseball. Will Purdue joins us now on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford at Melrose Park. Will, I forgot about that. I remember I'm back. Thank you, baseball. What a tremendous line. Thanks, what a, Cubs. Thanks for joining us today. I kind of forgot about that, too. <laughs> All right, so let's go back. It Before the I'm Back facts was sent and the news went global because he was the biggest name in the universe, you guys saw him in practice. So back it up to where when it first happened, your wow moment was him walking into practice and it was real, was it not? Yeah, but you know the, the one thing that always struck me and I actually, a lot of people don't know this, I actually took the time to go watch him play baseball. Hmm. I went down to Nashville and uh, watched him, the Birmingham Barons, play the Nashville Sounds uh, that summer and watched him go, I think it was one for six and a double header, and his one hit was a home run. I think the other five might have been strikeouts, quite honestly. Well, he's fit for today's baseball. Uh, that he is. <laughs> Strikeouts are home runs. Yeah. Hey, we'll always but, uh, have the, the double down the third baseline in the Crosstown Classic. Yes. Yeah. But the one thing I do remember was how big he was <laughs> or how much bigger he had gotten because he felt he needed a different body for baseball. But that's, as you talked about, you know, it was, it was one of those surreal things. Whispers, heard this, heard that. You know, a lot of people were talking about he was practicing with his teammates, uh, but initially he wasn't practicing with us once the season started. Yeah, but, I mean, when he came back, yes, but he had been doing some stuff on his own at Moody Bible and some other places um, kind of, you know, secretly, uh, if you want to call it that. And we, all, we don't really know why, you know, he kind of went that route instead of just saying, hey, slide in, let's practice. You know, because by that time we already had, uh, you know, the, um, 
the curtains and we could do things in a, in a, in a very quiet manner, but, you know, he elected to go that route, which is fine. And, and he comes in and he's ready to practice. And like you said, we're like, here we go. <laughs> we're talking with Will Purdue here on The Score. And we're talking about the upcoming March 18th, 25th anniversary of Michael Jordan's famous facts. I'm back. This hour on The Score is being brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call one eight seven seven cars for kids um, Will, it sounds like you guys had an, an idea that he he might return since you just said that he was he had been practicing and, and working out. Um, what what was the re, was the reaction like? Just with with the players only was it was it all elation? I realize it sounds like a stupid question, but was everybody all the players thrilled that he was coming back, or was like, uh oh, here we go, things are going to change now, and my role is now going to be totally different? No, not really. Because the one thing we thought about uh, was, and it's kind of been, uh, Vincent Goodwill has been tweeting it out, things of that nature. We, we wonder how many championships would the Bulls have won in a row. <laughs> it wasn't about, hey, here, you know, things are going to change. Michael's coming back. It was more about, you know, what if he wouldn't have retired? What if he wouldn't have gone to play baseball? What if, unfortunately, his, you know, the, the tragic death of his father. What if all that hadn't happened? Where would where would we have been, you know, these last two years instead of what we were dealing with? So what would you have done against Hakeem? Because that's what that was the guy standing in the way with those two Houston teams. I thought it was Hugh. Yeah. I, listen, I, I end, there's, it's a it's a valid argument that. You know, and and I don't think he gets enough credit. I I quite honestly, that was my toughest. When people go, who's the toughest player you ever guarded? You know, I always say it. I don't hesitate. It was Akeem Olajuwon. And then you got to realize when I got traded to San Antonio, I had to I had to guard the guy four times a year, and then in the playoffs. But you know, I think what people are talking about there's and Vincent Goodwill makes a valid point. You know, the fatigue factor about how far into the season we went. I mean, you're talking about late June every year. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much about late June. It's that when the season is over, we took four to six weeks off before we started getting ready for the next season. So now, now you're talking about, you know, the middle of August. And then basically camp starts six weeks later. And you think about we're just getting started to get back into shape and start, you know, to get ready for the following season. And a lot of teams have been going since May 1st. You know, because they're not in the playoffs. They're the guys that are knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, I, I don't know if it was it's, it would be so much the Rockets. Listen, it would have been a tough out. They were a really good team. I mean, uh, I saw somewhere where uh, somebody put up all the numbers that Shaq got, uh, at, uh, I'm sorry, Lajuan averaged against Shaq. I mean, that would have been an issue. But let's also give Johnny Bach, who was our defensive guru, a little credit about what he would have been able to do, you know, against them. Because let's as good as Elijah was, let's not forget we also had to go against Patrick I mean Patrick Ewing. We had to go against Brad Doherty. We had other guys that were all stars. Now they weren't as good as Akeem, but they were they were all stars and, you know, Hall of Famers. So it wasn't like, hey, this is the first time we've ever played a center before. But what we didn't play was you know, playing a center that was that mobile. So back to to March 18th, Will, Michael announces he's going to be back. 
the next day, the Bulls were playing the Pacers in Indianapolis. So Pacers PR has to come up with and process nearly, you know, 350 media requests in less than a day. Jordan gets something that he never had gotten in Indiana. He'd gotten the antithesis, in fact, um, a standing ovation from the fans in Indiana. What was that day like? It was a blur because of the fact he was back and to try to limit some of the craziness. We flew down the day of. And Michael actually flew on a separate plane. Wow. So I think it was actually, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, I think the plane was provided by Gatorade because <laughs> we flew on the team. We flew sure. on the team plane. Michael flew on uh, the, a private plane, and then, like I said, if I remember correctly, it was Gatorade. One of their, I'm sure they had more than one. And I just remember, you know, getting into Indian, landing in Indianapolis, and literally you look out the window, and then. You know, it's kind of in the parking lot, you know. Here comes this little plane, parks, you know, right next to us. And we all get out, and Michael gets out, because then that's when, you know, he really started traveling with all the security guys and, you know, his little entourage. And, uh, you know, away we went. And you got to remember, we used to games like that. We would fly in the night before. But we just felt like it, it would have been chaos as far as, you know, in, at the hotel, that security would have been wouldn't have been good enough. There were a lot of things we were trying to eliminate by just flying in the day before and then, you know, flying right out afterwards. We're talking with Will Purdue. We're talking about the anniversary coming up 25 years ago. Michael Jordan faxed, I'm back. He rejoined the Bulls. Had you guys had an actual practice with him before that game? I, I can't remember. And I know that he was such a, he could be such a, monster in practice just ask Steve Kerr's black eyes that it could be a real issue and yet he was coming back and he wasn't sharp that Indiana game he shot seven for 28 so what was did you practice with him what was that like when he's still Michael Jordan but he's not that Michael Jordan well he's you know yes and he was rusty we knew we knew that but you also got to remember we were still playing. It wasn't like we were running a, a deep, an offense where he had to remember a lot of calls. We were still running the triangle. So that's, you know, at that point, he could just plug him in. But probably the mistake we made was, hey, it's Michael Jordan, let's go. You know, instead of being like, hey, it's Michael Jordan, but he hasn't really played organized bas- basketball for, you know, what, 18, 19 months. So let's just kind of let's not treat him like a normal play, like another player, but let's not expect, you know, miraculous things. It's going to take a little time. And uh, I think we just kind of assumed that, Hey, it's Michael Jordan and he's going to pick up right where he left off. So believe me, it was, there was a lot of pressure because of the fact that he was back and there's nobody more surprised than us, than Michael, that we actually lost to, you know, the magic. You know, about, about that, the, the, the steal, the strip by Nick Anderson and, and his quote after that, that 45 doesn't look like 23. And then Michael, who didn't need anything really, he imagined enough slights to have hates for, have, have a hate for somebody actually had a quote from Nick Anderson about that and changed back to 23 and the bulls and Michael Jordan were fined on a regular basis. So 
when something like that happens, the way Michael could just build stuff up, and this was real as opposed to something he imagined, did you guys see it in the locker room? Was he vocal about what his who his enemy was and and how he was zoning in on him and, and how he was going to destroy somebody the way he had hoped to but didn't? No, he never vocalized stuff like that. That was just a given. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, like, be aware. Yeah, so I remember it was uh, it was a player for the Wizards. And back then they were the Bullets. Played at Louisville, and I'm forgetting his name. And I think he had a career high on Michael. And he made the mistake of making a – well, he allowed the media to make a big deal out of it. You know, after the game, they congratulated him and said, hey, career high against Michael Jordan. What he should have said was, is, no, this wasn't against Michael Jordan. And yes, I had a career high, but, you know, and he should have downplayed it, but he didn't. Lebr- and he didn't necessarily – I got the name. It was LeBradford Smith. That's right. He had 37 on Michael. and, and Oh, he just, Bradford. Just should have shut up. No. You're right. So then the next time we played him, oh. it was a given. I just remember Pax told me, he says, just give the ball to Michael and get out of the way. <laughs> and I, if I remember, ball. again, if I remember correctly, I think he dropped 37 on the Bradford in the first half. Wow. All right, so he, he was sending a message, but that's who he was. It's just, it, but that was a given. You, that's just these were not the type of things where we had to talk. And Michael stood up and said, "Give me the ball," or you know, here's another type of Michael story. <clears throat> when he thought somebody on the team, most notably Scotty, was getting a little too cocky, he would go to Phil behind closed doors and do like, "Hey, man." either put me or Scotty on the second team so that we have to play each other. Ooh. And then it was basically the same type situation. It was as soon as Phil made that announcement, Hey, whether it be Scotty, whether it be Michael flip your Jersey over, everybody pretty much knew it was going to be a, a one-on-one fest. And then, Hey, kudos to Scotty for trying, but uh, you, you always know who won that. It's amazing. That that is that's awesome. Um, all right, let me let me take it a step further with the the Orlando motif here because um, as we've discussed, ninety four ninety five, you guys beat Charlotte in the playoffs, then lose to Orlando in the semifinals. The next year is the seventy two win season. You beat Orlando in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then you take out Seattle in the finals. But was that Orlando Eastern Conference Finals one of the more satisfying things? that occurred in the in the championship era just because of the the previous year uh i you gotta remember i'm in san antonio at that time because uh dennis is there oh my guy i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all right all fame trade those guys. yeah yeah i remember talking to those guys because now at this point i still had my house in chicago so obviously my house my season in san antonio is over i'm back in chicago and i'm still talking to those guys and there was um you know they were talking about that. That was kind of like the get the get back series, because and, and listen, they they beat. It's not like they cheated us or anything like that. Right. They deserve to win, sure. But you know, as you talked about, Michael doesn't need extra motivation. So there was the comment, there was the fa- you know the, the uh, argument about you know were they actually the better team, regardless of if Michael would have been Michael, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So 
you know, I remember talking to those guys about that. That's what they were looking for. They were hoping that they were going to play the magic the next year. You know, it's like, uh, and unfortunately no NCAA tournament, but I was able to work a couple and, you know, these teams talk about the team that knocked them out the previous year. And I hope we get a chance to, to play that team again this year in the conference tournament so we can knock them out and get back at them. And so they know how we felt. Well, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for taking the time. The memories were great. And it's it's <clears throat> quite the anniversary. It's what we have now that there are no sports going on. What is your life like? What are you doing now? No basketball of nothing. I just I woke up this morning and I was like, I should be down in Nashville uh, covering the semifinals of uh, the SEC tournament, but I'm not. So uh, I am actually, you'll find this quite humorous, but uh, my son and I, and I will be teaching my son who is 16 and he'll be going to college soon. So I'm trying to use this time as productive as possible. I'll be showing him the proper methods, how to clean a shower and a toilet. There you go. There you go. Mr. Fix-It, Mr. Handyman, Mr. Clean, Will Purdue. By the way, um, I, I, you went to Vanderbilt, and your 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 name is up there in the, the arena rafters, and that city and that a large part of the, the counties were ripped apart by a tornado. So I don't – and it's horrible. I love Nashville. I thought it was beautiful the way it was, it was growing up. It was a wonderful time. So I don't know if, if – if people you're familiar with must have been hit hard by this, and if somebody wants to help rebuild Nashville, are you endorsing any kind of 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 charity or any place to funnel money to help people get back get Nashville back to where it was? Um, I actually uh, talked to some people when I was down there because I actually went down early because I actually went down there before they actually officially canceled the SEC tournament with the hopes that it was going to be played. And um, there is a website, and I'm sorry I don't have it in front of me, but you can actually go on the website and volunteer because then when I was driving back to Louisville, um, they're parking the they're, – I saw the signs because they're actually parking the volunteers at uh, the Titan Stadium, and then they bus you to where the volunteers are needed as far as the Nashville area goes. And that was one of the things they were talking about. You know, everybody, everybody knows about uh, the days right after a tornado – but also, this this was something that's going to take weeks and months to repair. But also, at the same time, what's really bad is the fact that the SEC was going to do a, a nice job of doing a lot of uh, donations, uh, money drives, the whole thing, to help the city of Nashville. And by no tournament, it's costing that city, but also the millions of dollars, but also the fact that they were going to take this money that they were going to raise and give it towards the tornado relief. So that's that's kind of like the double whammy for the city of Nashville. It just keeps on. It's like dominoes. By the way, Mike, you mentioned the Titans. Mike Vrabel, the coach of the Titans, right? So he was asked a similar question to how people can help in the wake of the tornado disaster in Tennessee. And he said they can get out and start to clean up instead of taking pictures like I see people doing. Put your phones down and pick up branches. And later that day, Vrabel and several front office types from the, including ownership from the um, from the Titans, were delivering bottled water to areas from like Cookville to Nashville, which is a long stretch where the tornado just ripped apart cities. So you're right, get out and help. It's a little sweat equity would help in situations like this. 
Will we? There you go. Will I appreciate your time? Thanks. Memories are great. It was lovely. It was lovely hearing them. It was great spending time. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Hey guys, I enjoyed it. But let's just hope this thing doesn't last long enough. Where uh, you know we have to start talking about the teams from the fifties and sixties and. You know, continue to find stuff like that because that means this thing might take a while. Hey, this is legitimate, man. The anniversary is on Wednesday, so we're not forcing it too much. Right, but we would also look forward to your memories of George Mikan and and how you played him. (laughs) Well, that and I I was the guy that had the uh, stick that would poke the ball back out. (laughs) Excellent. Well, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. All right, guys. Have a good day. Thank you. All right. That's Will Purdue. The bottom of the hour was brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Coach Fitz and the Northwestern Football Program return to Wrigley Field on November 7th as they host Wisconsin. Guarantee a ticket to this matchup with a season, uh, or I should say with the purchase of season tickets by now at nusports.com. And we didn't even talk about, didn't even mention it, because we talked about how Jordan was sluggish in that first game and nobody should have thought that he'd have his feet on March 19th. On March 28th, 1995, he did have his feet. He scored 55 against the Knicks. I covered that game. I think it was the only Chicago reporter to cover that game. Happened to be in New York. I covered that game. And that was the wonderful quote from Bill Wennington. Because in, in, in the, as the Knicks were coming down the stretch and it became a tie game and Michael had 55 and Phil drew up the play, Michael gets the ball and he finds Bill Wennington open underneath for a layup. Winning basket, the former St. John's star. And after the game... Bill Wennington says, yeah, Michael and I combined for 57 points. <laughs> hey, oh, and really quick, Phil Jackson's statement upon the return of Michael Jordan. Yep. Today, Michael Jordan was activated as a Chicago Bull. There you go. That's Thank it. you, Phil. Yep. Cheers. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, another guy who covered that return, the I'm back, and he is back because Saturday suckage would not suck as much without him. He's David Schuster. Rosenblum and Grody, Saturday suckage like it ought to be. We suck, so your self-quarantining doesn't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 